0: Welcome into the Design 30 podcast, where I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Quick, before doing anything else, please rate the podcast in whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to this episode. That is really helpful for the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. And then once you are Done listening to the podcast, uh, please share it with friends, family, and coworkers. That is probably the best way to support the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the trade off between flexibility and usability. And this is also a very nice lead in to the concept of conservation of complexity which I thought about fitting into this episode, but I think instead I will give that one its whole uh, own episode and I will release that one next week. So today we will be focusing and doing a little bit of a deep dive into flexibility and usability and the trade-off between the two. So one definition of this flexibility usability trade-off from the universal principles of design, which as always, I reference a lot. Um, They say, as the flexibility of a system increases, the usability of the system decreases. Or one other way they describe it is, flexible designs can perform more functions than specialized designs, but they perform the functions less efficiently. So a flexible design, it has more design requirements Um, Obviously the design, if it's flexible, it can perform a lot of different functions. So there's gonna be a lot of requirements associated with those functions. Um, It compromises specific functions potentially to allow for other functions and capabilities. So it might perform less efficiently or not as well at specific functions uh, so that it can allow other functions to either exist or to be serviceable. Uh, It has more functions, which means that there's more complexity built into the product itself. A usable design, on the other hand, is more efficient. It has limited functions. Uh, It limits those functions to only those it excels at. And it puts a lot of the complexity on the designer because As we've discussed a lot on this podcast, simple is hard. Designing simple products is not as simple as it may sound. So a lot of the complexity that you take out of a design to make it more usable actually ends up just putting more complexity on the designer. Also, there's less room for error with a usable design because it typically has maybe one sole function, maybe two, And if it performs those poorly, then overall, you're going to have a really bad product. So there's a little bit more uh, pressure on a usable product to perform well at its functions. I think one of the best ways uh, to understand this trade off is to just dive right into some examples. So the first one, which you've perhaps already thought of is the Swiss army knife. So the Swiss army knife is a great example of a very flexible design. It has so many tools and, you know, little gizmos and gadgets on it. It's got the scissors, there's a knife attached to it. You have a Phillips head, sometimes a flathead screwdriver, all of these things in one small, uh, little package, the size of a knife, a little thicker than most knives, but about the size of a knife. Um, But all of these tools are not very efficient. If you've ever tried to use the screwdrivers uh, for maybe more than one screw, it's kind of a pain. It's really not optimal, definitely not efficient. So Swiss Army Knife is a great example of a product that is very flexible. It has a lot of different functions that it can perform, but it's not very usable and it's definitely not very efficient. Another example that might make even more sense uh, or help illustrate this point even more is looking at a diesel truck versus a SUV versus a Prius. So a truck or a Prius, uh, they're more specialized. They're more usable for uh, specific functions and they excel at their respective functions. So for example, a diesel truck, you can go off road really easily. You can pull heavy loads, Uh, you have more towing power, there is more low-end torque, Uh, they're great in deeper snow or bad weather conditions, and they have a big cab with lots of room. So they have these very specific functions that a diesel truck excels at. Uh, The big one being obviously uh, towing capacity. And then a Prius, these are more uh, for commuting, especially in a city setting. They're designed to drive on paved roads. They have low clearance for more uh, aerodynamic travel. Uh, But they're, and so this makes them very exceptional in the world of gas mileage and efficiency. They aren't very fast or powerful, but this isn't what they're meant to be. Those aren't their functions. Uh, They're small, they're not very spacious compared to a larger diesel truck or something like that. Again, because they're trying to reduce weight, they're trying to be aerodynamic, all of this just to serve their primary function of being a high mileage vehicle. And then you have an SUV, which is a sports utility vehicle. So as the name infers, they have a lot of utility. Utility is their primary function. They wanna be useful in a lot of different situations. So they're very a very flexible product. You can go off road if you need to. They're decent in bad road conditions. Often you have the option of four wheel drive or two wheel drive or all wheel drive things like that. Uh, they have some space on the inside, so decently comfortable to ride in. Gas mileage wise, though, they're pretty average. They're definitely no Prius, and uh, they're often better, maybe slightly better than a truck. So they're kind of in the middle ground as far as efficiency goes. And then they have some towing capability. But if you've ever tried to tow something heavy with an SUV, which I've tried several times, it is a huge pain and definitely not efficient. You end up going like 50 miles an hour on the interstate, and it is a pretty painful experience. So SUV definitely has a lot of flexibility but it doesn't excel at specific functions uh, such as towing uh, like a diesel truck would excel at or in uh, gas mileage and efficiency like a prius excels the suv just can't compete with the diesel truck or the prius in their respective specialties that's not what it's designed to do but if you don't know exactly how you're going to use your vehicle or if it's going to be used in multiple different environments, an SUV is actually just the right amount of flexibility. It might be perfect for you. And this leads in perfectly to understanding your audience or your product market and how important that is when you're designing a product. The market for a diesel truck is specific. They know what they need and they know what uh, will provide that (laughs) capability. They need towing capacity, they need power and torque, they need clearance, and they need space in the cab as well as in the bed of the truck. And then the market or the audience for a Prius uh, also knows what they need and what they want, and that's fuel efficiency. They want an aerodynamic vehicle which maximizes this fuel efficiency, and they also want it to be dependable so that it can be a good commuter car, uh, especially in the city. The SUV, on the other hand, uh, the users don't necessarily know what their needs are or what they're going to be. Uh, They might go off road. They might be driving in the snow. They might use it as a commuter vehicle. Um, Maybe they're going to tow a small U-Haul or something perhaps a little larger. They really need this flexibility and they value that flexibility. In this point, I think is really driven home by a paragraph in this book, uh, the universal principles of design on flexibility, usability trade-offs. So I'm just going to read that paragraph real quick uh, to help drive this point home. The ability of an audience to anticipate future uses of a product is a key indicator of how they will value flexibility versus usability in design. When an audience can clearly anticipate its needs, more specialized designs that target those needs will be favored. When an audience cannot clearly define its needs, more flexible designs that enable people to address future contingencies will be favored. The degree to which an audience can or cannot or cannot define future needs should correspond to the degree of specialization or flexibility in the design. As an audience comes to understand the range of possible needs that can be satisfied, Their needs become more defined, and consequently, the needs or the designs need to become more specialized. This shift from flexibility towards specialization over time is a general pattern observed in the evolution of all systems and should be considered in the life cycle of products. And a great example of this is vehicles and looking at how vehicles have become more specialized or at least how these different car manufacturers have specialized uh, different models. Like we discussed, diesel pickup trucks are very specialized for towing capacity. Uh, Prius or hybrids are specialized to have maximum efficiency. And then you also have Tesla, for example, which is specialized in an all-electric vehicle to provide something that is not uh, dependent on carbon-based fuels. So this is... A natural thing in product design and product development. You never fully understand your market, especially at the beginning of a new product development process or at the beginning of a new company's. Uh, your users may or may not fully understand your product either. Uh, so that's also an important aspect of of how you design your product. If they don't fully understand the use cases for it, or if it's one specific use case that they don't understand, they're gonna think you have a bad product. So it can be beneficial to start off with more flexible design so that you can observe your users and see where you need to specialize or where you can reduce flexibility to improve usability. Then as you understand the users and their use cases more and more, you can specialize and design the product to be more usable with very specific functions. So that's the overall goal is well, not necessarily a goal, but a very common pattern with product design is you start with this broader, more flexible product, and then that will most likely meet at least some of the needs um, in maybe a less efficient way, but meet a lot of the needs of your users. And then as the product uh, matures and as you gain more feedback from your users, you can figure out how to optimize different functions, maybe cut out functions that aren't needed, and really create a more usable and a more desired product. So in review, let's go through those definitions one more time. As the flexibility of a system increases, the usability of the system decreases. This is the core definition of what this flexibility usability trade-off is. And then the other definition, which brings in a little bit more of the uh, efficiency side, is flexible designs can perform more functions than specialized designs, but they perform the functions less efficiently. So there are trade-offs everywhere. And in design, I like to say that there's, uh, that design is just trade-offs all the way down. And this is, you know, I'm not sure if everyone's always familiar with this. I use this saying quite a bit, uh, trade-offs all the way down or, you know, the original saying is turtles all the way down. And this comes from a story, I don't know the exact origins, but the way I heard it is uh, there are two people having a discussion and they're talking about, uh, you know, is the earth flat? If it is flat, what's supporting it? And someone said, oh, well, it's flat and it's sitting on the back of a turtle. And then the other person asks, oh, well, what is the turtle standing on? And the other person replies, well, it's just turtles all the way down which essentially just means it's infinite. So when I say that design is trade-offs all the way down, it's just a way of saying that there's almost an infinite amount of trade-offs, or at least it feels that way when you're in the details of the design. For a more flexible design, the trade-off is usability and or efficiency. Think of the Swiss Army knife versus a normal knife or the diesel truck versus a Prius, or versus an SUV. Now, the Design 30 discipline for this week is fairly simple. It's just something that I think you should keep in mind anytime you're starting a new product design or starting at the beginning of a product development process. And this is to remember that flexibility in a design comes at a cost, and that cost is flexibility and efficiency. And that's where I will leave it for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to share this episode and please rate the podcast if you would. I would deeply appreciate that. And remember, you can find Design 30 on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Substack. As always, remember, design more, despair less. See you next week.